Hi, my name is Corey Wozniak. My definition of relentless is an undeniable passion for progress and seeing setbacks as opportunities for growth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Relentless Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Dubay. Today, we are going to dive into the world of commercial real estate. Now, some people are going, why are you talking about commercial real estate on the Relentless Podcast? Real estate actually is a huge interest of mine. Uh, you can use services. We'll be diving into the commercial real estate world, I'm hopeful, in the next year and a half to two years as we are in pursuit of buying a building and retrofitting a building. So we have a guy who is very successful in this world and who has actually was actually instrumental in a lot of the stuff that was happening in the downtown core, especially around the time of the the arena and all the things that were going on. So we are very happy to have Corey Wozniak from Avis and Young here in Edmonton. Corey, it's good to have you. Oh, it's great to be here, Kyle. Thank you. I, I said your name right, right? You said it perfectly. Because okay, we were just talking off the pod about how our names are a little, sometimes people mistake them. No, there is a famous person whose last name is really similar to mine that uh, was co-founder of Apple. And mm. I get uh, that pronunciation often do you ever wish that maybe you were related to him i've tried to pretend just I've money wise all just, kinds of letters and yeah. emails and he doesn't <laughs> yeah, respond it's called stalking Corey. Yeah. <laughs> it's called stalking Corey. let's let's talk about you we met through um uh robbie lalsher i meet a lot of people through love and let's 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 talk about where you, first of all just kind of quickly where you come from and why you got into this this world of commercial real estate um, you are, if I'm not mistaken, because I know I'm not mistaken, because we talked about it, from a, a little town here in Alberta, a little bit of an called Redwater, Alberta. Yes, I still have some family out there, and it uh, hasn't changed too, too much since I grew up there. It's a small town of you know, 2,500 people, mm -hmm. and you know, spending the first 18 years of my life there, um, graduating high school, I graduated 24 people, half of them I went to kindergarten with, and you know still having family there so i i go out often and you know it's a, it's a it's a great little town and and i i wouldn't have changed a thing about my youth but um, you guys were in town right like you weren't a farm kid you were a town kid right yeah, right it's right, a right. small little oil and gas town and yeah. there's some farming community around it but most people that lived in redwater worked in the in the energy sector right uh, as did my parents mm -hmm. and um it, it was a great upbringing and i i love the fact that you know going from um youth small town living into adult city living um you know it, it was an entire new life experience that i had no preparation for and you know when i started with davis and young um it was my first job interview it was um, I didn't know anything about Edmonton. I didn't know anything about our industry. You know, we're of a generation, Kyle, where you couldn't really do a lot of due diligence on companies. There wasn't really well-established right. websites. And um, 28 years ago, I had this job interview and I was given the opportunity to step into a role and I didn't think I deserved it. And I was, I, uh, I was very unfamiliar with the industry in the city and, um, that was really motivating. Well, let's step back a little bit. So you're, you're, you know, Redwater fella, you come to the city and you go to where you go to Nate. I do. Yes. Yeah. What are you taking at Nate? I take business yeah. at Nate. Did uh, you do two year at the time it was only two year. It, it, it certainly was. Yeah. My, Cause they do do four year now. 
degrees over there. You know, and I, I, um, I, you know, to your program, uh, it's, it's a real, it's an abbreviated business program there. That's right. I, you know, specialized in marketing. My oldest boy just finished a couple years ago. I, I loved it because for me, it was, it was a nice elevated step toward, um, big city living in terms of, you know, moving from, from Redwater and that school experience and that community experience to Nate, which to me felt like a really natural, easy bridge mm-hmm. of, 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 of lifestyle and education going to Nate that really is well uh, aligned with, with, um, uh, small town and community values. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it was just a great education experience. Um, but I didn't realize that, um, I was stepping into an industry where, um, Nate graduates weren't present. Mm. Mm. So let's talk about this then. So you, you go to Nate, you're taking, you did your two years business. And you see, it was the marketing that you focused yeah. on. Okay. Then how did you even find out about commercial real estate? How did you even find out about Avis and Young? Like you said, you only had one job interview. You kind of, I won't say your whole life. I'm assuming you had a couple part-time jobs prior to that. But like career we'll call it real job one interview how did you even find out what what made you even think oh commercial real estate this is what i want to do i i didn't know anything about commercial real estate i just met someone who was a a senior partner in our company who appeared to have been having a very successful career from the outside from what i got to know of him personally you know his son was playing hockey with my brother and it was it was literally just a personal connection it was an accidental relationship and he gave me the opportunity to to go visit him in the office and and um he got to know a bit more about me and i learned about you know what he does and i didn't know what his specialty was i didn't know what his expertise was but i knew that he had this passion Mm -hmm. and he was really good at his job Mm -hmm. and he gave me the opportunity to work alongside him and like a lot of us who who get into our industry it's a couple of years of it's like articling you know you're just working alongside a senior person um soaking up as much as you can about the industry uh, not making much money you know my first year my salary was eighteen thousand six hundred dollars right. and i had to um learn a lot in a very short period of time because i didn't know anything about the city or the industry and i felt very fortunate that somebody who uh, i just got to meet through a personal um, non-work related opportunity gave me a, a, a position to work alongside him and um, I felt like I, I won the career lottery someone took a chance on you with zero experience not a ton of knowledge around this this industry at all why do you think this person did that like what you know what I mean like this is uh, it's probably, maybe this is a hard answer or hard question to answer because essentially I'm saying what do you think this person saw in you so now this is your time to brag a little bit like why would this why would this guy have taken a chance on young Corey what did he see I, I think maybe there was there was something that was part of my personality then that I still value greatly today which is just enthusiasm and curiosity mm. you know I, I believe in in hiring for passion and training for skill mm. and you know when when we bring people in I'm really focused on their 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 passion and their curiosity and for me I think I I, I felt like that was part of my DNA as a young person I, I suspect that 
you know, this individual gave me the opportunity to, to, to step into the industry, knowing that I was going to be really curious. I was really motivated and, and uh, enthusiastic to learn. And um, I just, I, I felt like it was, um, it, was, it was an industry that I loved who I was working with, both on the client side and within our team. And I came to really um, admire the, the, the product and the service that we mm. were delivering. But it was, it was really um, the most fulfilling knowing who I was doing it with and looking around the locker room and going, wow, this is, this is a motivating group of people who are, are really going to give me an opportunity that um, I'm very fortunate to have. Yeah, so, so talk about that again. You said that you like to hire for the passion what did you say? How did you say yeah, that? Hire for passion, train for skill. Train for skill. I think that's amazing. And I think in some industries you can do that. You know, you can't do that for the doctor. You know, but I think that you can do that in, in a lot of industries. And I like that because at the end of the day, if you don't love your job, and if you don't, like we talked about it the other day in our little pre-pod interview, like we're pretty lucky guys that we get up every day and we're going, this, like I don't feel like I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, look at what you do, Colin. I mean, you and your team, you know, you are you are helping people um, find a better tomorrow than perhaps yesterday and, mm-hmm. you know, really helping elevate and create opportunities to, through personal growth. And, you know, that journey, you know, that's what you get out of bed every day for. And, you know, that's a very, very selfless way to look at your life of how to elevate others around you. And, you know, I feel like... This industry has given me that opportunity as well. Um, you know, when I started, I you know I was the only person in our company. I think maybe one of the very few in our industry um, that didn't come with a university degree. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from Nate, coming from a small town, um, I felt like I had some handicaps, yeah. and that actually, I think they gave me a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I I saw that as extremely motivating, in order for me to prove that my educational background, my upbringing was not going to handicap me. Right. I absolutely um, fought through my career like an underdog. Yeah. And I think that that served as a, as a, as a great benefit for me to, to always have my, my, um, my motivation um, so acutely aware of, of the fact that um, maybe I didn't deserve to be in the industry. Maybe I wasn't going to be any good at mm. this business um, because I was, I was an outlier. Mm-hmm. And fighting with that chip on my shoulder and having an attitude of um, compete like an underdog is what helped elevate my career. Yeah, I love the underdog stuff. Love it. Because I feel like you can't use service an underdog sometimes. We're small. Um, what I love about the work that we do is, to me, the young people we work with are underdogs. Like, we're really trying to help these underdogs. That's what we're trying to do, you know. Uh, who's your favorite underdog of all time in history? You know, you don't have any underdogs. I know this is a left punch I'm throwing at you. This, but like that kind of question, like who's an underdog you could think of? Well, you think about some of the great athletes. You know, I I've always really connected with athletes that are um, not physically built mm-hmm. to be the most dominant. You know, you even just look at like know, a baseball pitcher. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> well, sure, <laughs> many of those baseball players. You wonder how they play pro sports, but um, but you know, you think about you know some of the you know whether it's Tom Brady or Wayne Gretzky or you know some of these 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 um, greatest of all time athletes in their sports they're not physically built mm-hmm. to dominate mm-hmm. right? Gretzky for sure oh man yeah. I mean he's just you know um, not much 
you know, bigger than me. And, mm-hmm. and how could he go against the beast that he went against? Mm-hmm. And, you know, not the fastest, not the hardest shot and, and not the greatest skater. And, and yet, you know, there was, there was, there was this combination of, of intangibles that, that, that propelled him to be the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've always really connected with those people. And I, I think it's that underdog theory. Yeah. For me, it's William Wallace just from the movie <laughs> <laughs> or Rocky Balboa. Sure. Like, come on. Rocky Balboa is unbelievable. So, Sorry to interrupt the Relentless Podcast, everybody, although this is a very good message. We want you to go and check out our Relentless Merchandise Store. That's right. We have launched a merchandise store for all of our Relentless garb. We've got t-shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got crew necks. We've got hats. We've got toques. And we're going to be coming out with some more merchandise in the very near future. So please, www.ucan.ca, that's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. When you get to the website, you look up to the top right corner. I think it says, buy our merch. Hit that button. Boom. It'll take you there. We really want you to wear our stuff. One, because every dollar raised goes directly into our programming for the young people we work with and two because it's a conversation starter for you when you wear it people are going to go what's relentless you can then brag about how you support an incredibly good organization helping young people and then you can talk about how you are relentless in your life that's what we want we don't want us to just be relentless we want you to be relentless too thanks for your support and we appreciate you helping us out now back to the show so let's let's talk about commercial real estate. What? Because I don't like, you know, uh, home real estate. But what is commercial real estate? Let's explain this to the dummy sitting across from you. What mm-hmm. is that? Well, I, you know, our industry is is in some ways um, not well understood because we're actually a small industry that has a big role in 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 our industry, in our in our economy, and in this city. So people don't go to school thinking when I graduate, I want to work in commercial real estate. Uh, you know, they, that's, that's, it's not even well articulated to young people in school. Only very recently have universities um, introduced real estate programs. Um, so we still are a bit of a misunderstood and unknown industry. And yet we have this incredible responsibility for city building. So there's, you know, think of it as two parts of, of who we work with. And the one part would be working with, um, business owners and um, leaders of companies who are making a real estate decision. You know, we, it could be from the small family business that is, that is opening um, the first restaurant to the uh, large multinational organization that is responsible for thousands of staff. The Amazon building. Sure. Sure. Exactly. So, you know, whether those, those businesses are in industrial space or office space or retail space, we also are responsible for um, uh, the projects themselves, the buildings themselves. So uh, another part of, of who we work with are the owners of properties, the developers, uh, the the landlords, the companies that own the real estate are looking for, for businesses to occupy space in them. Uh, they are looking to sell their properties. They're looking for land to develop centers on industrial parks, um, multifamily apartment buildings. And so, you know, we work with that audience as well. So you think about those two groups, you know, there's the occupier space and then there's the owner side. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we also help companies with 
getting financing for their for their real estate. We help companies um, pay less property tax, mm-hmm. uh, representing them in, in the the property tax negotiations. Uh, we help with um, construction and project management. We help with property management. We help um, companies um, uh, or property owners do um, appraisals on their properties. So you know, the, the, there's various services that we provide within commercial real estate. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy the, the, the journey of helping our clients through a transaction um, because it takes so long. It, you know, the average deal um, you know, is six to nine months to do a transaction. And so in that time, you, you, you become very entrenched in the passions and the objectives of, of the company. And when you get to build this deep friendship and trust with the senior leadership of a company or the business ownership, you have a great responsibility mm. because they're making a long-term decision. Nobody's making a real estate decision for a year. Right. You know, right. It, it's oftentimes 10 years. It could be five, could be 15 years. Yeah. We've done some large transactions recently that were 15 and 20 year deals. That's a generational decision. Sure. Sure. And it, it is the, the link to their culture, their, uh, the, the relationship with their staff, the relationship with their customers it becomes their identity yeah. as an organization of where they're choosing to locate. It, it, it's interesting you look at it that way because you don't hear of uh, people buying, uh, like you hear of house flippers. You don't hear commercial real estate flippers. Like I'm sure it happens sometimes, but that would just be such a rarity. These are such big investments. Mm-hmm. These are such big undertakings that people are going through. But again, you guys do the, the, the selling and the buying, but you also do the leasing. You do the property management stuff as well, right? Like there's so much that goes into this. Now you've been with Avis and Young your entire career. So you've been there 28, 29 years. Mm -hmm. Like you came out of school, got on there and you haven't left. Now your title is principal principal and managing director. I have never, I've had some people try to tell me, what does that mean? If you are the principal, what does that mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking right now you're going to call me in your office and I'm getting in shit. <laughs> what does principal and managing director? I think I know what managing director means, but what does principal mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's a distinct level of ownership okay. and um, and a responsibility in our organization. So you 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 get invited to the principalship when you have achieved a certain um, level of success on mm-hmm. a consistent basis and uh, are also a significant owner in mm-hmm. the business. So we are a private company. Right. And we're... Um, Started in Edmonton, right? It did, yeah. yes. It's a really interesting Edmonton story. I don't think we tell our story well enough or often enough, but um, Avis and Young began 45 years ago in Edmonton. Hmm. When I started with the company in the... the the mid nineties, you know, we were just 24 people mm. and we had a, was it the only office? We had a small office in Calgary as well. Okay. Cause yeah. you guys will get to this. Like tell the story. So I should have interrupted. No, it's, 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 I'm glad you're excited about it because, um, sometimes I, I forget that it is a, it's a pretty cool Edmonton story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we actually, um, started in Edmonton, open a, a, an office in Calgary. And then in the, the late nineties, we, um, formed a relationship with a Vancouver and Toronto business that um, we had now this this national reach under the banner of Avis and Young. So Graham Young is is from Edmonton, and um, we we aligned ourselves with a group that was started by Ted Avison. So Avison Young um, is 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 the is the formation of these two 
these two groups, these two individuals who started their businesses. And so we, we were, we were going along quite nicely as a, as a, uh, a, a very good Canadian company with offices in, in Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto. Then the financial crisis hit and our industry, um, got spooked big time in the U S uh, we were watching very closely what was happening south of the border. And, you know, Canada skated around the financial crisis relatively well. Um, it wasn't nearly as disruptive, but we saw this, this, this big change in the U S and the real estate market and companies like ours in the U S um, were going through a, a real significant challenge and the whole financial system and the real estate sector and the economy in the U S was, was disrupted big time. And it was mm -hmm. set back so far that we actually saw that as an opening for us to get into the U S and we can tell our story as a, as a private Canadian company that wants to invest in some key markets in the U S and bring some, some, some market leaders from other companies like ours in you in these U S cities and have them become part of Avis and young, and we'll build a team around them. So we work out, um, an opportunity for them to, to, um, uh, plant of Aves and Young flag in a city like Chicago was first. And we look at other key markets that were going to be complementary to our Canadian markets. Mm -hmm. And we find these top professionals in these key cities and we invest in them and we support them to build a team around them. And the financial crisis was the greatest opportunity for us. The, the company um, was, was, was changed forever from, from that point forward. We found an incredible leader who was based in the U.S. who had, had built... Uh, another company previously to become a very successful U.S. company that believed in our story. And it was a unique narrative for us to go to these U.S. cities and talk about this this, this Canadian story of a private company um, wanting to, to invest in their markets. So we, we grow from, from a very small company in, in 2008 to now the, the largest private employee-owned company in our industry globally. Yeah. So how many Avis and Youngs are there? Like you, cause you guys are in Edmonton mm -hmm. and you are principal. Do we call that like part ownership is what principal is, right? That's part ownership. It's not full ownership of the Edmonton office, right? You're right. Our principal group has ownership in the entire enterprise, the entire enterprise. Yeah. So we're one company. We have 6,000 employees. Um, we are, um, we are in a hundred offices, um, well over a billion dollars in, in revenue per year. And, um, we are, um, principal owned and that's a really special perspective because we have this much higher give a care mm -hmm. factor. Mm -hmm. You we say give a shit. So, so, the, the, so my, sorry to interrupt you. So, so if there's a hundred offices, there's a hundred principals. Is that kind of the idea? Like there's like, I know what managing director means. It means that you are the boss of Edmonton. You're the managing director. You're the one that's in charge. It's, <laughs> the buck stops with you. There is, it's actually a huge responsibility, I'm sure, to be the managing director of Avis and Young here. But that's what is in all the other cities as well. Yeah, you know, I I, I support and 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 work for the the people in 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 the Edmonton office, and I I think that, you know, I I um we have managing directors in every office where we're in. Yeah. We have um, we have uh, many principals throughout the organization, and and you know it's it's um, it's a it's a it's a real honor to to become part of the principal group, and um, because 
all of our decisions, all our significant corporate decisions are made by our principals. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like becoming a partner in a lawyer firm? Sure. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, to me. precisely. Yeah. Okay. So we have, we have, you know, um, um, you know, we have 20 principals in Edmonton, for example. Okay. And so we have 85 staff and we have 20 principals who, um, many of our staff in Edmonton have, have, have never worked anywhere else or in any other industry. Right. It's, a, it's a really unique, special, loyal, passionate group of people that we work with. And so, you know, that, that, um, responsibility to be a part of major decision making for the company. You know, we live with the consequences. You sure. know, our 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 ownership is by those that work in this industry for this company. And so, for good or bad, you know, when decisions are made for the company, we are living with the consequences, mm-hmm. which is very different than say our our, our uh, public peer group, where ninety eight percent of their ownership is. Um, there are people who do not work in the industry. Right, right. No, it's 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 an interesting model, and very cool that that it went from the one office here in Edmonton to a hundred offices globally. It really is incredible. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. Now, all that being said, are you still grinding it out? Are you still selling properties and helping people buy properties? Like, are you still the real estate guy, or are you just you know? It, you do one of principal meetings. <laughs> I never n- not want to be in front of clients. Right. I love the, the client responsibility. The, my client work is um, is is thrilling, and I never want to stop doing that. So I've I've had this 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 role that I cherish of being on our executive committee for the for the for the company, and and you know I I, I, I wear that hat very proudly, and and you know. Um, I've learned so much through the journey of growth of our company, going from from very small to to um, um, scaled up in a very short period of time to become you know very um, uh, you know significant in our industry and in all the major markets. Mm-hmm. And you know to be on the global executive committee and what I've learned through that has has been such a gift. While also um, continuing to to be um, a very um, uh, active client service provider, you know, in the Alberta marketplace, uh, I love getting out of bed every day, knowing the clients that I need to meet with and, and help them through their real estate journey. So having the position I do where I get to ha- wear both hats, you know, helping build this company and also deliver client services. Um, it, it's, it's an incredible gift. Mm. Do you, let's, 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 I'm going to ask you some questions. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to ask you some questions. What's the biggest deal you ever worked on? Because you did a lot of stuff in the downtown core on the arena, whenever the arena was all coming up, right? Like you were, weren't you part of a lot of that stuff that was going down? Yeah. So, you know, our office, we, we do things a little bit differently in Avis and Young. At Avis and Young, especially in Edmonton, we have these distinct um, expertise areas where we have groups that are, um, you know, focused in asset classes. And so, you know, there's a segment of, of the marketplace where teams are, are, are specialists in. So whether it's our industrial team or our retail team, um, our office team, you know, so my client work has been um, predominantly in the office sector. And then within that, I decided when I was, when I was young to do something different than my, my peer group in the industry, which was to focus on the downtown office market. And I wanted to be the, the dominant specialist that would would have the largest market share of everything going on downtown. I really wanted to have that that, that unique 
uh, investment of specialization, you know, that really investing so much of my energy in everything to do with downtown real estate. And so I decided at a young age that that was going to be my secret sauce. Hmm. My, my sandbox is going to be downtown. Yeah. And, you know, some unbelievable opportunities have, have, um, been provided to me to, to work on some very, um, instrumental transactions that have, have been a part of our downtown city building strategy. And, and, you know, one of those, those opportunities was to be involved with ice district on, on, um, if, you know, you know, a handful of different ways back in 2013, there was an opportunity for, for, um, for me to, um, represent stat tech and, in and it's search for its new global headquarters. And, uh, the, the, the decision was to, um, do a deal in ice district mm-hmm. and, um, build the tallest building outside of Toronto right here in Edmonton. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. And it's, you know, it's half office and half residential and, and, you know, the opportunity from that transaction to then become, um, to become the uh, representative on behalf of the development team of ice district and find other office tenants to occupy the space in the two buildings that they were developing Edmonton tower and Stantec tower and worked with a number of industry titans to move into those buildings, you know, top law firms and, and financial institutions, groups that leased space in ice district. And so, you know, that, that was, um, you know, it's a, decade long you know experience because city building takes a long time and i think that's that's one of the things that can be misunderstood is that in our industry we 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 know how long it takes to affect positive change mm-hmm. you know it you know to to be able to to um change a neighborhood you know you can make a decision today kyle but you won't see the positive outcome from that for three years right. in most cases you know that's the time it takes to design and build and and then um, see it occupied in whether it's any kind of building, um, retail, industrial, or office. It can take a few years. Right. That's why it's so important for us to to just um, always have um, speed as part of our strategy when we're working with 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 government, working with developers and and um, and real estate decision makers because. You know, it's just not a light switch. You know, it, it, it takes years before you see the positive outcome of decisions that are made today. Uh, it's good for me to hear that because we we are potentially, well, not potentially, we will be in the next year, year and a half looking for a building. Um, and I want the light switch. I want to find it. I want to buy it. I want it to be done. And boom, let's move in in two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. I know that's not going to happen. This is going to take a while. But I need to learn all this type of stuff, right? So I might be calling you. To say, hey, bud, <laughs> to teach me how to slow my roast here, man, because I definitely, I'm very excited about this. As a charity guy wanting to buy a building, and it doesn't even matter that I'm a charity guy. Business is business. What's the what's the temperature out there right now for buildings? Like, what is the market like right now for commercial buildings? Let's say in the ten to fifteen thousand square foot range, not right downtown, maybe fringy downtown. You know, is there lots of inventory? Is there is it, you know, did did COVID bring more inventory out? Did COVID get rid of the, you know what I'm saying? Like what's what's it like out there? There is there's a lot of inventory, right? And so you know, um, certainly the pandemic um, gave a, a sober second thought to how real estate 
um, was going to be best utilized. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have a number of businesses that are, that are, um, reevaluating how efficient they, they, um, should be using their properties. Um, when you have a rising cost environment, um, you, you really need to make sure that the, the, the real estate cost is, is, is being utilized in the most efficient way possible. And so we have, we have, um, a lot of inventory that's, that's, that's available and, and more affordably now than it was a few years ago. But it's, it's also, um, important to, to realize that we, we have this really high cost environment. And so you can have real estate that is, that is more affordable to purchase or lease than it was a few years ago. But when you want to do renovations, when you want to buy furniture, when you want to um, furnish the space and bring the, you know, the, the technical equipment in, you know, um, whether it's, you know, AV, you know, um, IT, and all of these costs are more expensive now. Mm -hmm. You know, the cost to renovate, the cost to build is is near the highest it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And then the, the financing market is also really challenged right now. And so that's the biggest challenge of 2023. Is, is, is those interest rates probably, right? You bet. Yeah. You know, we started this year with a lot of our clients preparing for um, a really significant deep recession. And it never really came. Mm. So for the first half of the year, companies were bracing for what could have been a really difficult year they weren't investing in themselves and making investments and growing their business. They were really um, preparing for what could have, what could have been a very um, challenged year with a deep recession that was going to impact um, certainly North America and, and likely globally. That never really came to be. And so the second half of the year, we are seeing um, much more strate strategic thinking, um, a preparedness to invest in themselves and in, in, in invest in their business and prepare for growth and hiring. And uh, real estate decisions now are, are, are um, we're seeing, you know, um, faster decisions and, and, and more strategic opportunities be, be considered. So it's important to, to, to know that, you know, while there's plenty of really great options in the marketplace to look at some really great inventory that is exciting for, for tenants and for investors, it's also important to understand, you know, how much money needs to be spent to make this space work, mm -hmm. to make this building work. And that is um, a difficult challenge in a high cost environment like we have Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's also interesting to me. It is. The Relentless Podcast is brought to you by You Can Use Services, which I am very proud to be a part of. You Can Use Services is an organization that helps young people move out of harm's way and onto a path of economic independence. If you want to learn more about the incredible work that we do with some very vulnerable young people, please go to www.youcan.ca. That's www.youcan.ca. Corey, you got a cool job. And I love how, I mean, you, like you said, you've been there 28 years. You started as the little, you know, take me on, put me in coach. I got to try this out. And now you are one of the principals. It's a pretty cool story, man. You've moved your way up. I know you're a humble guy and you're going to be like, well, a lot of people helped me. And I had this mentor and then this person, to, but dude, you had to grind it out. You had to work your ass off to get there. You got to you got to relish in that sometimes, you know, so it's pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Listen, we're going to end this little podcast with uh, what we call the relentless challenge. Uh, sorry, the relentless quiz. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. It's, um, it's very popular, um, mostly in Eastern Europe. 
but it's, it's we put some money into this. This is going to determine if you're relentless or not. All right, so here we go. Corey, fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Okay. City or countryside? City. I knew you were going to say that. Because if you, said, you had to say that. Like, it's, it's, dirty bathroom or dirty kitchen? Oh, dear. Well, a dirty kitchen is what I would accept over a dirty bathroom. Okay. Okay. It's just a little less gross. Yeah. 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 Oh. I hear you. I hear you. Salty or sweet? Salty. Interesting. Because you went fruit, then you went salty. Like this is, a lot of people do this. Doesn't skew anything. You're okay still. You're okay. Morning or night? Night. So you're a night owl? Yeah. Stay up late? Like what time are you going to bed at, Cor? Midnight. Yeah, I got a second wind at 11. And, yeah. And just when I should be winding it down, I start to get You're excited. watching Netflix? I, I start getting excited about the next day. It's funny. I, yeah. I do enjoy Netflix yeah. a little earlier in the evening, but then all of a sudden I get my second wind thinking about work. Yeah. Yeah. So your brain starts just spinning. Yeah. I can be that way too. Um, favorite comedy movie? There's something about Mary. Oh, so good. Such a classic. Such a classic that they could never make today. Uh, big party or small gathering? Small gathering. Okay. Phone in the bathroom or no phone in the bathroom? Yes. Okay. <laughs> like when people are honest. Most, not most. Some people lie. There's those question. that are honest and those that are lying. That's right. And most people that say that they do not bring the phone to the bathroom are liars. Yes, they are. They're liars. Favorite love song of all time? <laughs> well, um, I, I wish I could think of something. Corey, are you married? Yeah. Okay. Did you have a, a first dance at your wedding? Uh, yes. You know the song, Ho Hey? Yes. Hey ho. Hey. Ho ho. Yes. By the is it the Lumineers? Yes, the Lumineers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That uh, that that's a that's a meaningful song. Okay. Okay. I will take that. I like it. Two questions left. Cake or pie? Pie. Nice. Nice. What kind? What's your fave? I uh, I like uh, cherry pie. Or peach. Mm. I like all pie. Really. Mm -hmm. I like it all. Mm -hmm. Uh, last question. Describe your relentless podcast experience in four words. Unexpectedly thought provoking. Okay. A lot of people, they might think that about me because they're like, wow, Kyle actually can, can make people think sometimes. Um, this has been really interesting to me. It's been really good. And I, I've, I do find the real estate world interesting. Uh, do you ever on Netflix? Do you ever watch Selling Sunset? No, I haven't Come seen on, it. Come on, man! It's so awesome. Yeah, it's so because so soapy and like <laughs> I'm not even into reality shows, but I, I can watch that. I don't know why, but also because it's like you know, this house is worth 17 million dollars and like it's amazing stuff. But what type of uh, before we end off here? What type of stuff are you guys involved with community wise, philanthropy wise? I have spent um, two terms on the Stollery Children's Board mm -hmm. and. I um, loved it, mm -hmm. and and you know, to me, that was uh, an incredible six years, um, and just the, the 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 talent of those that work for the Stoller Children's Hospital are unbelievable. Um, you talk about people who who 
um, exude passion for what they do. Mm. Um, that was an incredible experience for me to, to be a part of that. Um, you know, I, I really, I really, um, I learned so much about that and, you know, being on a board with people who are, um, just so, um, inspiring and, and incredible individuals who, who not just lead their industries, because I believe that people who are the best in any industry are also people who, who dedicate a significant amount of their time helping in the community. Mm. They are community leaders, not mm -hmm. just industry leaders. Mm -hmm. And I really, um, study that very, very, um, significantly to, to understand the DNA makeup of people who are the best in their business and those who, who, um, perform it at, at such a high level have such passion for helping in the community. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. Um, you got to get out to the, you can comedy nights. We have an awesome fundraiser. I'll sell you a table. I'll call you. Do you oh, perform? I, <laughs> I get up on stage and talk. I don't know if I'd call it performing. I think a lot of people are like, Oh great. He's back again. Let's get him off the stage. No, we have awesome, awesome comedians. We bring in, um, actual, actual professional comedians, <laughs> not just clowns like me. So no, but it's a great event. Awesome event. We'll have to get you out by table, bring some folks. And you know what? I am going to give you a call when it's time for us to, you know, I might even see if you're interested in coming on our capital campaign cabinet and helping us out trying to get some money to get one of these buildings because mm -hmm. we are we're at that tipping point as an agency and I'm very excited about it. We've got some money in the bank. We're going to raise some more money. And I'm excited for us to have our own building. We need our own space. We, we need to to have the, the best youth engagement tool that we can have, which I believe is a building that we can create this awesomeness in. I, I would be honored and I, I could just, you know, see how your eyes light up as you talk about it mm -hmm. because I, you know, clearly you are really excited about what that next chapter could be for you, Ken. And, you know, I'd be honored to be a part of a conversation with you to talk about how to help. Mm -hmm. It'll be good, man. All right. Well, I said, can, can we find you on the socials? You personally, do you do that stuff? I'm assuming you do as a realtor. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I, I do have, um, a, a, a voice on LinkedIn, so I, I enjoy sharing my, my my thoughts and perspectives through LinkedIn mostly. Yeah, awesome. And then uh, obviously Avis and Young is a very well known company, but definitely we can find that online. And if folks want to get a hold of you, uh, you're actually pretty easy to find online as well. You've done a lot of amazing things in this community that you're well known for. So Corey, it's been a pleasure to have you on here. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and um, keep being relentless, man. It's, it's working out great for you and it's helping the community as well. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Kyle. Folks, if you want to find UCAN U Services, you go to www.ucan.ca. That's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. Go on there, check us out what we do, check out our, our programming, buy some merchandise. Our relentless merchandise is pretty awesome. And uh, if you want to check me out, really, it's, it's mostly on Twitter, at Kyle Dubay. Thanks for listening, folks. Until next time. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.